Daniel chapter 11 verse 32 we will continue with the word that we had pondered on new year's eve and into new year Daniel 11:32 Thank you father Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, we are grateful to you this morning. We thank you for what you are going to do among our midst and within us, Father. We thank you because you are an awesome God and there is none like you, O God. We thank you because you have a word for every season, O God. You have a word for the weary, Lord. You have the word for the strong, Lord. You have the word for those who are stalled in their lives, O Lord. And this morning I pray that you would release your word that will spur and strengthen your people oh God that would usher and push God's people into the very will of God hallelujah, hallelujah. we give you praise in advance oh father because you are an awesome God hallelujah, hallelujah. thank you father every resistance to the preaching of God's word every critical spirit we bind you in Jesus name they overcame the enemy by the word of the testimony and the blood of the lamb so do we in Jesus name amen please be seated amen praise the lord i believe that almost all of you were here new year eve so you are already familiar with this text uh we looked into the text and we were concentrating on the latter part of the text which said those who know their god shall do shall be strong and shall do great exploits in the context what it meant we already said what it meant as far as in context how daniel with a prophetic vision looked yonder and he god used him to prophesy about the coming due and we said how the children of Israel the Jewish people went through the struggle that is mentioned there in verse 31 32 and how they overcame it we said it was between 175 165 BC so we check we looked into that but we said that there is a principle that's embedded there which is those who know their god shall be strong and they shall do great exploits that's how one version said so we said we look forward to this year as an year of exploits is exploits possible for the children of god yes it's possible why it's possible how it's possible if we know god we can stand strong and we will stand firm and we will see great exploits what's the secret the secret is we said number 1 we need to get we need to get connected to god number 2 we need to stay connected to god knowing god we said about revelation knowledge our how knowledge is transmitted and the experiential knowledge or having a first hand experience with god 
studying the bible is very important to know god but to obey the bible is to really know god personally there is a difference between knowing god and knowing about god when you truly know god you have energy to serve him boldness to share him and you have contentment in him praise god so we god wants us to do great exploits not only in the realms of spiritual spirituality but it has to flow into every arenas of our lives in the relational aspect of our lives in the vocational aspect of our lives and in every endeavors that god takes us through doing exploits for god means that we are a winner winner in what realms god wants us to win souls god wants to win hearts god wants us to win friends and god wants us to win every opportunity so we move to the next part today praise god hallelujah so how does the words go as a church shall we repeat it those who know their god shall be strong and shall do great exploits shall we repeat that those who shall be strong amen praise god number 1 we have to come to an understanding that our god is a god of exploits praise god amen our god is a god of exploits what does that mean we already said what does exploits mean praise god in the immediate context when daniel was writing it talked about a warfare it talked about a physical conflict it talked about the the power the courage to stand strong for what the jewish people believed and the ability to get rid of the invading forces from syria that's what it means but when we understand the principle the same principle applies to every arenas of our lives so exploits is not just simply confined to physical conflicts but exploits also mean accomplishments in life attainments in life triumphs in life heroic feats in life praise god the hebrew word asa is used to bring this particular term home meaning a daring heroic um, effort on our part so the god that we serve is a god of exploits this is very important that we understand this because when we are building our lives and we are attempting great things for god our understanding about god is absolutely important who says our god is a god of exploits the word of god says the psalmist in psalm 66:5 says come and witness god's exploits his acts on behalf of people are awesome listen god's exploits are visible god's exploits can be witnessed god's exploits can be experienced not only that 
we need to also understand God's exploits are not so so far away, so disconnected from us, but God's exploits are connected to his people. That's why the psalmist is saying, come and witness God's exploits. In other words, you can see it, you can hear it, you can experience it, it will transform your life, it will rewrite your life, it will transform the way that you think. Praise God. So powerful is the exploits of God. At the same time, the psalmist is saying it is also connected to the people. In other words, on our behalf, God does awesome things. Praise God. Let me pull another verse from the Bible that will connect to what we are saying. The eye of the Lord runs to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself powerful on those on those behalf of those whose hearts are totally committed to him. In other words, God wants to show his might. God wants to exhibit his might. God wants to exhibit his glory. And he's saying, I want to do it on behalf of people who are sold out on me and for my cause. Who are people who just fall back on me. Fall back on my word. Who just simply would trust me. Simply would confide in me. Simply would bank on my promise. I want to do my exploits on behalf of such people. Praise God. This is what the psalmist says. The psalmist says, none can compare to you among among the gods. O Lord, your exploits are incomparable. In other words, what the psalmist is saying, that the God that we serve is incomparable as a person. He's incomparable in his power. He's incomparable in his position. He's incomparable in his glory. He's incomparable in his majesty. He's incomparable in his works. He's incomparable in his words. He's incomparable in his ways. He's incomparable in his deeds. God is incomparable. You cannot compare him to anyone. Not only that, what the psalmist is saying is that your exploits are incomparable. Praise the Lord. In other words, this incomparable God, when he does something, you cannot compare his work with anything. Praise God. It's incomparable. See, that's the God you and I serve. Praise God. That's the God you and I, praise God, follow. See, quite often there are things which are tangible and there are things that are intangible. There are things which are visible and there are things which are invisible. The invisible realms is as real as the visible realms. Because Paul writing to the Colossians says, everything that is visible, everything that is invisible is created by him. Created by who? He's talking about the supremacy of Jesus Christ is created by Jesus. 
all things are created by the power of his word. He calls the things that are not non-existent into existence. That's how powerful our God is. But quite often, we as human beings, we are not able to grasp everything. We are able to grasp the visibles. We are able to understand the tangibles, but there are the invisibles as well. Praise God. So there we need to be we need to be armed with a right earthly perspective. At the same time, you and I ought to be armed with the right heavenly perspective. Where do you gain the heavenly perspective from? You can only gain the heavenly perspective from the one that came from God. The one that came from heaven. He is the one that brings the heavenly perspective to us. Praise God. He has taken residence in you and me. As the spirit of God indwells you and me, as we feed on God's word, this the spirit of God that indwells within you and me allows you and me to gain that heavenly perspective. So quite often we talk when we talk about exploits, we only want to confine. Some people would only confine it to spiritual part. Some people only would confine it to the material world. But we need to have a good balance of both. Praise God. But quite often we are not able to see what is unseen. Praise God. Point and case. Let me just bring one thing here so that we understand. What do great exploits look like? Give me an example from the Bible. What does great exploits look like? Anybody? Yes? What was that? I'm sorry. Wall of Jericho. Very good. Thank you. Parting of the Red Sea. Very good. Thank you. Sun standing still, awesome, very good. Getting better. Like I said, I get points when you guys talk. I'm fishing for points. Praise God. Yes. All right. Huh? I will come to that. Praise God. Listen, we are talking about what happens in the invisible. All right, so here it is. One of the greatest exploits that took place was on the cross of Calvary. Praise God. Think about it. Christ on the cross, spikes running through his hands and his feet, crown of thorns upon his head, broken, bruised, bleeding body of Christ. Who in their right mind would think Christ is doing exploits? What does the Bible say? My Bible says he was doing what? He was crushing the head of the? Amen. So to the physical eye, it does not look like an exploit. Now you would only able to understand when you are what? When you are armed with a heavenly perspective. When you are armed with the mind of Christ. Praise God. When you and I are armed with the mind of Christ, 
you are able to see beyond the curtain. Praise God. What curtain? What curtain? Praise God. You and I are able to see the activities or you and I are able to discern the activities that take place beyond the seen curtain. Praise God. Beyond the curtain where the, where the activity takes place, bruise against the children of God. Let me move on. Let we are serving a God of exploits. Now, this is very important for us to understand that we cannot hang out with him and not be changed. Tell your neighbor, you can't hang out with him and not be changed. Who is him here? Praise God. It's God, it's Jesus. You cannot, you cannot live with him and not be changed. It's impossible. You cannot go walk around with him and not be transformed. Praise God. The more time that you spend with him, you become like him. Praise God. So it's very important that we understand and identify and acknowledge who our God is. The psalmist says, their gods, their gods, they have eye, but they do not see. They have ears, but they can't hear. They have mouth, but they don't speak. That's how their gods are. And those who serve them are like them. Praise God. Our God is lively, active, powerful, full of wisdom, those who serve him is going to be doubt. So we need to ask ourselves who our God is. And in other words, identify him and acknowledge him. Praise God. If my God is the booze, what's a booze? What's booze? Come on. If my God is alcohol, I'm going to be pretty soon display the nature of alcohol. So whatever your God is, that's what you become like. Praise God. So when we serve a God who is awesome in power, praise God, a God who is great in counsel and mighty indeed, as we continue to love him and serve him, his nature, his attributes, the holy God, his attributes are knowingly, unknowingly transmitted into our lives. So you and I, praise God, when we hang out with him, there is no way that we cannot be changed, okay? So here it is. I'm going to bring in two examples. Number one. So Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this man? One in whom is the spirit of God. Who is Pharaoh talking about? Very good. Then this Daniel was preferred about the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. These two guys, we know, they are characters from the Old Testament. They were people 
who hanged out with God. Is that true? What are you talking about? What does that mean? When you study their life, we will understand they lived their light life in the light of the presence of God. Listen, I'll repeat that. They lived their life in the light of the presence of God. Praise God. Meaning, they were constantly aware of the presence of God. They celebrated the presence of God. They carried the presence of God. Amen. That's why whether they were in their workplace or whether they were confined or whether they were by themselves, they were always, praise God, lived in the light of God's presence which enabled them to become exceptional. Praise the Lord. When you become exceptional, praise God, you are prepared to become, to do exploits for God. Praise God. When you become exceptional, you do exploits for God. To becoming exceptional means to have an excellent spirit in you. What is this excellent spirit? Is the spirit of God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. People that work with us, people who are above us, people who we manage have to see that this excellent spirit is in us. Praise the Lord. Because we live in the light of his presence. Praise God. Amen. I'll come to that. Let me move on. Praise God. See, one more. Uh, words from the Bible. Look at this. The first one was internal. The second one here is more exhibited. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. When you are with Jesus... When you hang out with Jesus, when you hang around with Jesus, when you hang around with people who hang around with Jesus, praise God, something unique is going to be seen in you and in me. Tell your neighbor, this year I'm going to be hanging out with Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yes. So, we see that they had exhibited extraordinary courage in moments of great challenges in their lives. To do exploits for God means you should be prepared. You should be prepared. Prepared for what? All right. To do exploits for God means you should be prepared. Prepared for what? Number one. You should be prepared for the sudden lease. Ask your neighbor, neighbor, are you prepared for the sudden lease? What is the sudden lease? When you read the Bible, more than 80 times the term or the terminology, sudden lease, is referred over and over in the Bible. Praise God. 
what it means is that a divine intervention. What it means is God breaking in. What it means is heaven invading earth. What it means is heavenly throne, invasion of the heavenly throne into your zone. What it means is God breaking through into your life, into your world to show himself powerful and to meet you at the point of your need. The suddenlies of God. What does the sudden lease of God means? The sudden lease of God means that you cannot box God in. The sudden lease of God means you cannot put God in a box. The sudden lease of God means you cannot confine box, confine God in a box. Box of theory, box of formula, box of ritual, box of tradition, box of mindset. You and I cannot put God in a box. In other words, I think that God has to work this way. That this is the only way that God will work. No. Praise God. We have to be prepared. If we have to be people who do exploits for God, we have to be prepared for the sudden lease. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. When the sudden lease happens, God will mess up our calculations. Tell your neighbor, God might mess up your calculation. Tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor, I said. God will mess up your calculations. See, we all, planning is good. God is a meticulous planner, okay? Don't get this wrong. God is a meticulous planner. If you want to see, just look at the solar system. All right, look up in the skies. Look at the seasons that God has ordered and ordained. You know that God is a meticulous planner. Praise God. But you and I, at times, we fall for, for, for that thought pattern, thinking that everything has to work in this order. Praise God. Everything working in order is important in life, but there are times when God Praise God, does things suddenly. And you and I have to be prepared for the. Suddenly. A noise like a violent rushing wind came. And it filled the house where they were sitting from heaven. Praise God. Suddenly, the angel came into the prison, tapped on Peter. Suddenly, a light shone in the prison cell, and the angel tapped on Peter and said, Get up and follow me. Praise God. Suddenly, a light shone from heaven, and it knocked Saul of the horse that he was riding on. Praise God. Suddenly, Paul and, Paul and Silas were in the prison. The prison foundations were shaken. 
<laughs> suddenly. Tell your neighbor, suddenly. Now I'm going to show you something very interesting, right? There are, we used four examples here, but there is something connected to it. Number one, the suddenlies in Acts chapter 2. Suddenly, a violent wind, a war noise from heaven. What were the people doing though? It happened suddenly, but they were waiting on the promise of God. The Bible says they were waiting with one mind, one accord, and they were joking around. Is that what it says? No, they were praying. Number two, Peter was in the prison. Suddenly, there was a light that shone. The church was praying for Peter. Praise God. Saul Breakneck speed entering into Damascus. The word had already spread forth. As you read down, you will see that Ananias is telling God, God, you know, what do you mean? I need to go and talk to him. This man has been persecuting people and is coming here to persecute the church. I'm sure the church was praying. Paul and Silas, what were they doing? They were praising God and they were praying. So come with me. Praise God. If suddenlies have to happen, you and I have to cooperate with God. The first suddenly that we talked about was in response to the command that Jesus gave, wait in Jerusalem till you are endured with the power from above. Praise God. So it was in obedience to the command of Jesus. The whole 120 people, disciples of Jesus, with one mind, one accord, obedient and waiting on the fulfillment of the promise. If the church has to enter into a promise, and if the church has to do Great exploits. Listen, we are talking about exploits. Don't forget this. If I overlook to connect it, I, I believe that the believers here are smart and you are well versed in the scripture. Here, the exploits takes place on the day of Pentecost. What happened? Peter got up. 3,000 people were saved in one shot. Praise God. That's a great exploit. Amen. Amen. All right. So when you look at each episode, you will see the exploits if you will go a little further. I might not touch on every one of them. So the church has, as a collective body, got together and they were waiting on the Lord. That's when the suddenlies happened. Praise God. Number two, Peter was sleeping on the promises of God. Amen. Hallelujah. At times, you have to wage war to get the promise. At times, you have to hit the neutral brake or put it on park and go to sleep. Peter was sleeping, but the church was praying. Hey, guys, let me tell you. Praise God. We can sit home and watch online. Or when there is a prayer going on here, you can be doing something else somewhere else. But let me tell you, if you are not connected to a church, 
unless you are connected to a church, nobody's going to stand in gap for you. Peter was connected to the church. Praise God. The church was standing in gap and praying for Peter. Praise God. Paul and Silas were in the jail in Philippi. Praise God. We, they did not have texting. They did not have WhatsApp. They did not have Facebook. They did not have telegram or telephone. Praise God. There was nobody to pray for them. You will come to a point in your life where there is nobody there to pray for you. When there is no one to pray for you, you and I have hope. You and I can make the place that you are. The throne of grace comes down for you and you can shoot up a prayer. Praise God. Paul and Silas started praising God and the Bible says suddenly. Praise God. The foundation of the prison were shaken. Praise God. One more thing about suddenly, and I will move on. Praise God. Hallelujah. There was a party going on, right? There was a party going on. Everybody's having a good time. Praise God. The king who, was, who had thrown the party said, bring in the golden and the silver vessels that we had captured from the temple in Jerusalem. And they started drinking wine in that. And the Bible says, and they started praising the gods of the gold and the silver. Praise God. The Bible says, suddenly what happened? The hand of God appeared. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. You think Belsasar was having a party for the first time in his life? No. Belsasar probably had more parties than any one of us can imagine. But what was so different about this party? Praise God. They had crossed the limit. Praise God. Hallelujah. Heaven invaded, invaded or heaven crashed the party. Hallelujah. They were doing what? They were praising the God of gold and silver. They forgot God and they started praising the God of gold and silver and heaven invaded and crashed their parties. Praise God. The first four examples that I use from the Bibles is suddenly the intervention, a divine intervention bringing about a rescue or deliverance in the life of God's people. The final example that we use from the Bible, it talks about the suddenly, the invasion of heaven on earth to bring about judgment. We have to understand the nature of God, the attributes of God. God is a loving God. God is a compassionate father. God is a merciful father. God is God of all grace. At the same time, praise God, he's also a God who judges. We're going to move on. Praise God. To do exploits for God means you should be prepared for the suddenlies. 
to do great exploits for God means you should be prepared for surprises. How many of you guys like surprise? Surprise! Surprise! We all like surprise. Do you know that God can surprise us? Yeah. Two fellows, after Jesus was crucified, they were going from Jerusalem to Emmaus. Praise God. And they were surprised because a stranger joined them. And when their eyes were opened, they realized that it was Jesus. That was a surprise. Praise God. This woman who had an issue with the back, she used to come to Sabbath every Sabbath religiously. One particular Sabbath, guess who showed up? Jesus showed up. Praise God. Surprise. Praise God. You don't know when Jesus will show up. Of course, we believe in the omnipresence of God. We also believe in the manifested presence of God. The omnipresence of God teaches that God is everywhere. Praise God. But there is a realm where God's presence is manifested just for me and you. When God does that, he changes a person's status. Status changed. Went to church like this. Came back home like this. Praise God. You never know when God can change your status. Praise God. The surprise Visit of God. Mark 11, 11. Jesus showed up in the Jewish Jerusalem temple. And the Bible says he looked around. That is a surprise inspection visit of Jesus. Let me tell you, at times he will do a surprise inspection of our lives. Praise God. What do you guys think? The think about the seven churches in Revelation. Praise God. Jesus quite often stopped by, quite often came by and checked things out. In the final thing, we see that in one church, he's standing outside and he's saying, Hey guys, can you let me in? The surprise visit of God. Praise God. Abraham had a surprise visit from God. And the purpose was to, to let him in on the greatest calamity that was going to come in that part of the world, which was the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah by what? By fire from heaven. The surprise visit of God. If we have to do exploits for him, we have to be prepared for the suddenlies. We have to be prepared for the surprises. We have to be prepared for the season. For the season. Be prepared for the season. The Bible says that God will send a latter rain and a former rain in its right season. Praise God. You and I should be prepared 
for the season. I don't know. How many of you guys know the concept of harvesting water, rainwater? Can you harvest? Do you know what harvesting rainwater is? Anybody? It's like going into your, into, into your bathroom and turning the pipe on. We don't understand this, right? Where there are drought, what they do is they prepare what? Hmm? They prepare areas. They prepare tanks. They prepare uh, facilities in such a way that the rainwater is not, not lost. It's captured and it's stored and it is used. Praise God. There are seasons of God. Hallelujah. Seasons of visitations. Seasons of refreshments. Seasons of feasting before God. Seasons of fasting before God. It's season. Don't miss your season. Praise God. Hallelujah. Don't miss your season. Seasons of creativity. What's creativity? Seasons of creativity. The Bible says in the Old Testament, Bezalel and Aholia, where God said, I'm going to pour out my spirit into them, praise God, and give them unique ability. Fill them with wisdom and give them unique skills to work on what? To work on what? The temple was not there. Come on. Thank you. Praise God. That is the season of God. God was getting ready to do something very unique in the wilderness. And for that season, he needed people. And he said, I'm going to pour out a unique ability into them. Praise God. Seasons of creativity. Dorcas, in Acts of the Apostle, we see that there was a disciple called Dorcas or Tabitha. She had a creative skill. What was her skill? What was her skill? Praise God. We don't think that it's, it's, it's a big thing today because we go, to, we go to Macy's or Walmart, wherever we shop, and we pick whatever we want when we come home. Those days it was different. Praise God. She was in what ministry? Praise God. Making dress for the underprivileged. Seasons of creativity. Praise God. I'll come to it. See, be prepared for the seasons of creativity. Be prepared for the shift. Be prepared. Tell your neighbor, be prepared for the shift. What is prepared for the shift means? The night shift, the day shift. Uh, the, the, the graveyard shift, what shift are we talking about? Praise God. We are talking about a very unique shift. Praise God. It's called the paradigm shift. Okay. Before we go into that, this is something that we need to understand. Praise God. Growth is change. Not all change is growth. Praise God. Now, I put this up here as an anchor into thinking what we are going to think. Growth is change. Not all change is growth. A paradigm shift means changing the way we do things, changing the way we think, 
and changing the, the, the ways that we used to do things and, 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 and handle our activities. Praise God. You are, the paradigm shift means a shift in the way that we have been doing things in the past. Praise God. So, when we think about paradigm shift, it is very important to understand this concept here. The concept is, it's very important to understand growth, every growth brings change. But every change is not the mark or evidence of growth. This is something that we need to know. But God, when he ushers his program, when he ushers his purpose, his divine purpose into the lives of God's people, there will be seasons where there is a paradigm shift. Praise God. A change, an alteration, praise God, of perceiving and doing things. But regardless of what that shift is, you cannot shift from the ironclad, praise God, from the foundation, from the established word of God. Every shift, every paradigm shift in the house of God, in the economy of God, in the purpose of God, in the church of God, praise God, has to align with the word of God. Praise God. So, if we have to do exploits, there will be paradigm shifts in life. Paradigm shifts in various angles. Number one, from potential to productivity. Number two, from prophecy into the promise. Number three, from dream to destiny. Praise God. I'll, I will do a quick one on this. I will connect all three together and we'll conclude. From from. Potential to productivity. God has created every one of us with unique potential. Every one of us is unique and we are different. We are different in our mold. We are different in our make. We are different in our temperament. We are different in our disposition. We are different in our ability. God has embedded and instilled potential in every one of us. Praise God. But the pathway from potential to productivity, praise God, is a long path. Praise God. So what God will do at times is, He wants to bring the dormant, saturated potential in you. Praise God. So what would He do? He would shake you up. He would shake you up. Hello. Praise God. He would, he would at times take us out of our comfort zone or shake our comfort zone. When that happens, what God is trying to do is he is trying to bring out that potential that is embedded within you and me. 
the pathway from potential to productivity, you have to go through the assembly line of God. Hello. You have to go through the assembly line of God to come to a place of productivity. Praise God. When you see a raw product going from one end and coming out of the other end, all prepared, packed with the seal of the manufacturer, ready to go out, you and I realize that it has gone through a process. It has gone through the assembly line of God. God will put you and me through a process through the assembly line of God. When he puts you and me through the assembly line of God, through the process, don't grumble, don't murmur, don't try to get off the assembly line. If you try to get off the assembly line, you will start from the beginning. Many people cannot reach where God wants them to reach is because they jump of the assembly line of God. Instead of jumping, of the assembly line of God. Stay in the assembly line of God because God is working on you. God is working in you. God is working around you. God is putting things in places. God is on the move because God wants to see his nature in you. God who is a God of exploits wants you and I to become people who do great exploits for him. Hallelujah. Ha. Praise God. Hallelujah. So many examples from the Bible, from prophecy to promise, from dream to destiny. Let me pull one or two as I conclude. You know, I want you to figure, praise God, Joseph standing between the, before Pharaoh, and they said, Whoa, who is this guy? Can we get a person like him? The Spirit of God is in him. What Pharaoh didn't understand, yes, yes, he was able to understand the uniqueness in this man, the potential in this man, but Pharaoh had no idea the process that he had gone through. Praise God. When Nebuchadnezzar gave accolades to Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar had no clue the process that Daniel had gone through. Nebuchadnezzar had no clue the consecration that Daniel had in his life. When everybody was partying, praise God, Daniel was praying. Praise God. When everybody was feasting, Daniel was fasting. There is a process involved if God has to transport you from the realm of the potential that is dormant in you to a place of productivity. When we talk about productivity, we are not just simply talking about productivity that satisfies your need. God's realm of protect productivity, the scope is so immense that it satisfies the need of the people. It satisfies the need of the church. It takes care of a global problem of the world. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hey, you have no idea 
what your neighbor is perhaps going through. Don't judge people. When they are going through a process, you don't know what they are going through. Praise God. You don't understand what they are going through. But let me tell you, you know what you need to do. Praise God. Pray for them. Stand with them. That's all you can do. Praise God. You don't know what they are going through. But one day, God will reveal why he sent them through that process. He was taking them from potential to productivity. Praise God. Let me conclude. How many times did I say I'm going to conclude? Praise God. This time it's for you. All right. She was 16 years old. Her name was Eliza. Praise God. She decided to get married to a tailor who was only 20 years old. The 20-year-old tailor was uneducated and illiterate. But 16-year-old Eliza decided that she was going to pour into the tailor's life. And she started pouring into the tailor's life. She started teaching him how to read, how to write. She started, started from the alphabet and started working on him. For the tailor, it was a very hard thing to do. It was a rough experience. Everybody around them looked at them and said that he is a lost case. He will never ever come up or will ever amount to to anything. All he can do is a, a, be a tailor and that's his end. Everybody wrote that about him. But he, through the struggle, he continued to learn. He learned so well that years later, he was elected as the president of the United States. Praise God. He ran a second term. He lost but he ran, and again, he got into the Senate position as a U U.S. Senate. Instead, praise God, of giving up, he moved into the realm of being the number one in this country. This was none other than President Andrew Jackson. Praise God. What are we saying? What we are saying is that God has instilled in each and every one the potential to become great. Praise God. It's embedded in each and every one of us. Not everyone is called out to be a president. Not everybody is called out to be a preacher. Not everybody is called out to be a professor. Praise God. But let me tell you. That if his seed is in you, he has embedded within you the potential to become productive in life. This new year, would you like to be productive? Praise God. Would you allow him to shake? Praise God. To stir the hidden, the dormant potential in you. How is it possible? It is possible when you yield yourself. When you make yourself available for the purpose of God. The church is entering into a new decade, into a new year, into a new era. Praise God. God wants you to step out by faith. Give your time. Give your resources. Give your energy. Give your talent. Give your treasures. Give everything that you have. Praise God. Your beginning might be small and humble, but get 
yourself. Allow God to put you into a process. Allow God to put you through the assembly line of God. He wants to make you and me productive and do great exploits for God. Praise God. All eyes closed. Praise God. Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Hallelujah. Is there anybody in the house that would say, I want to do exploits for God? That means I need to understand the nature of God. I will get connected to Him. And I will stay connected to him. That means I will be prepared. Prepare myself in prayer. For the suddenlies. For the surprise. Praise God. Before the seasons. For the shifts that are going to take place. I'm going to put myself into the hands of the great maker. The creator. The potter. So that he can send me through the process to become productive. He has put potential in me, but I am giving myself into his hands to be put on the assembly line so that I become productive. If you are that person, I want you to rise up wherever you are. and We'll do a word of prayer for those who stand before God. As a sign of your commitment, this new year, praise God. Lord, I make myself available. I make, give myself into your hands. I want you to take me from potentials to productivity. Praise God. Here I am. If you are the person, stand up in the presence of God. My Father, I thank you and I praise you for my brothers and sisters. Lord, I pray that you would see their commitment. The commitment that they make today, I pray that you would seal it. Etch it in their hearts. That they would not forget when they walk out of this place. This year, as you open opportunities, as you create platforms for them, to tap into the potential in them, I pray that they will be made available and you will activate each and every one of them. Bless them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.